Nick, remember that office episode when Dwight Trout has a fire drill for everyone in the office? Is that the episode where he actually starts a fire in the office? Yes, and his whole excuse is that he gave a PowerPoint presentation on it, but that no one paid attention because PowerPoint is boring. I love that part where everyone is going crazy and Dwight just stands on the desk repeating, "What's the procedure?" <laughs> I think that office episode is so relatable to our work. Whenever we speak about club bylaws, it's not necessarily the most exciting topic on the menu. Totally, but similar to Dwight's fire drill procedures, it's really helpful to update your club bylaws regularly so that you know what to do in a metaphorical fire drill. In today's episode, we get to hear from two different Rotarians and how their clubs go about updating their own bylaws. The good news: we won't be starting any actual fires in this episode. Brought to you by your club's bylaws, and if you don't have them or you can't remember the last time your club updated them, then this episode is for you. Welcome everyone to episode six of All Things Rotary, a CDS podcast. You know, when we first started this podcast journey, we we set a goal of making it to four episodes. So now we've uh, we've surpassed that goal, and we're hitting episode number six, which is super exciting. But even more exciting than that is the topic for today. Today we are going to be talking about club bylaws, and I know what everyone's thinking that. Oh, how is that more exciting than that? But it is, especially because we have two excellent guests on the show today with us. Um, I have our dear colleague and friend, Gregory Franks. Um, Greg, if you don't mind introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your Rotary uh, story here. Sure. Good day, Nick. And thank you for uh, allowing me to join you today. Um, as Nick mentioned, my name is Greg Franks. I am in club and district support at the world headquarters in Evanston, Illinois. I'm a, a supervisor there. Uh, I have been working for Rotary International now for 32 years, and uh, I supervise a team of three people, and we work with uh, Rotarians and clubs in the U.S. and all of Spanish-speaking Latin America, so uh, a wide group of Rotarians, including the Caribbean, so we get a lot of interesting questions that come our way. Yeah, definitely a vast uh, geographical region that definitely brings in different things um, with each each uh, country, which is great. Well, we also have a great Rotarian. His name is Christian Ritsky. And so, Christian, if you don't mind introducing yourself and where you're from and which club you belong to. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Nick. And thanks for having me on this wonderful podcast today. Um, my name is Christian Ritsky. I am a member and actually also past president of the Rotary Club of Metro New York City. Um, I'm actually originally from Germany, and uh, that also explains how I got into Rotary a little bit, because um, I actually came to New York on an ambassadorial scholarship um, in the early 2000s. And as happens with so many people that come to New York, is they forget to leave. And here I am. Close to 20 years later, still still in New York, uh, Brooklyn to be precise, and I'm, um, like I said, a member of the club, um, decided to, to give back to the wonderful organization that enabled me to study, uh, get my master's in architecture, 
um, and I'm working in architecture and I'm also working for Pratt Institute as an um, adjunct professor. Very cool. Well, thanks for joining us today. We're excited to hear all your thoughts on, uh, on club bylaws. So club bylaws is kind of an interesting thing. Um, I think the other day when we were talking about this in our pre-planning session, we were saying it's kind of like insurance, right? That you hate paying it. You don't necessarily want to deal with it, but you're really grateful whenever something happens and you need that. And so club bylaws is very similar where you're like, oh, do we really have to update it? Is it really that important? And then all of a sudden, you know, something happens in your club and somebody says, well, what does the bylaws say? Exactly. <laughs> and you're grateful. Yeah, go ahead, Christian. It, 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 it doesn't matter until it does. <laughs> That's exactly. what I like to say in our conversations in the club. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, Christian, um, when was the last time your club, like, is this something that you guys frequently look at? Um, how often do you update your club bylaws? We... We, we, we try to do it rather frequently. I mean, I, in just preparing for today, I realized actually that the last time we did this was in 2016. So it is, it, it is quite some time ago. And actually, we are kind of due for another overhaul to uh, take a look at the, the bylaws and you know, just kind of make sure that they're reflecting what we, what we do. They're reflecting rotary standards. And, and, and this is kind of a question for Greg or Christian, if you want to jump in. I mean, you said, so the last time you did it was 2016. Uh, you're kind of realizing that now is, should be around the time that you look at it again. How, how does a club determine how often you update your club bylaws? Nick, maybe I could jump in here because it's, uh, it's good timing. Um, I'm also in the Rotary Club of Skokie Valley, which is in uh, Skokie, which is a community just west of Evanston where the World Headquarters is located. Been in, in that club for now uh, over 10 years. And we're actually gonna be voting next week on a new set of bylaws. So about a month ago, um, being a member of the club and a staff member, I was asked to review the updated bylaws. And quite frankly, I don't know when they were last looked at, uh, but it's usually because there's someone who's really interested in things like bylaws and they they propose it to the president and then it gets reviewed. So um, they asked me to take a look at those and I did and I gave them my input. Um, and then next week we're actually going to be voting on them uh, at our club assembly. Nice. And, and so is there and Greg, is there like a consistent way that every single club across the you know the world has to update their club bylaws in the same format or is there a procedure they have to follow you know not really uh it would be nice if they were looked at i think every year because as we know rotary policy changes after every board meeting so ideally i think it would be great if there was perhaps a bylaws committee or a couple members of the club who would be interested in just looking at it on a yearly basis and then trying to bring it up to date. But uh, uh, there really isn't any rule as to how often a club should look at them. It's pretty much up to each individual club. And I think for that reason, many times 10 years could go by or even longer without a club looking at their bylaws. Yeah, totally. Christian, does your club have like a committee or how do you, how do you guys decide when, when is a good time to update the club bylaws? So the, the club was chartered in 2002, and the, the, the first time they were updated was a couple of years in with some amendments. Um, and then the next time was when, when I was involved, 
with the update, which was you know now five years ago. So there was really no set protocol in place. It was more of a matter of like Craig was saying, you know, we somebody said we should look at this and we should make sure that we're in keeping with with first of all what we actually do. <laughs> Is that what we do reflected in the bylaws? And if it isn't, should it be? Or are we doing something wrong? Should we look back to the rotary policies, the suggest to kind of standard club bylaws and the club constitution to make sure that whatever we're doing is is in line with those with all three of those kind of avenues of saying this is what we do this is what rotary is, is saying in some cases suggesting in other cases mandating um so it's really not a there's no no set process and i was just thinking well, maybe, maybe we should write that into the bylaws that they should be reviewed every x years just so that there's a there's a process in place because we, we don't have a standing group of club members that actually keep an eye on that. It's more of a somebody says, shouldn't we do this? And then somebody else says, yeah. And then, you know, you all know that you'll happy year goes by until somebody says we should do this. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'll do that chore. I'll take up the trash in a minute and then 30 minutes goes by, an hour yeah. goes by. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> And just and just out of curiosity, because um, you both kind of mentioned that like club members had uh, comments or debates or you know whatever uh, with with some of the the updates. Do you remember any of the specific updates that kind of like caused some friction or some some of those debates? Uh, in in my case, there wasn't any friction necessarily. I think there was a little bit of confusion about. The club wanted to incorporate in the bylaws um, an article on corporate membership and try to describe what it was and how it would work in the club. And there were a number of different issues about that. So fortunately, you know, working at Rotary International, I went to our membership area and we have an information sheet about corporate membership and how it may work. And so I was able to bring that back um, to the members working on our bylaws and they were able to take that and then kind of massage a little bit that article that's going to explain how corporate uh, membership would work but it's been it's been pretty it's been flowing pretty smoothly and the, and the same the same for us in general there was um, as far as I can remember you know, I was looking back a little bit in the history of the process um, there were some questions regarding uh, a leave of absence policy there's some debate about that because we were at that time we were having some issues with with that being very gray area and members just kind of taking advantage of it and not, not being understanding of how that would happen. Um, so we had some debates about what that means and how to actually formalize that within the bylaws so that there is a clear procedure. If somebody does want to take a leave of absence, everybody knows what to do. Um, and that was kind of the, one of the bigger, bigger sticking points. Everything else um, was, was a pretty smooth process that we went through. Before we dive into the second half of this episode, we want to take a moment and give a bit more background on each of these clubs. Yes, as Christian mentioned, he is a member of the Rotary Club of Metro New York City, which was chartered in 2002 and currently has 41 active members. And Greg's club, the Rotary Club of Skokie Valley, was chartered in 1939 and now has 59 active members. These clubs were chartered at different times and have two very different approaches to Rotary, 
and their members have different needs. What's so great about both of them? They use their bylaws to reflect the culture of their club. So if you're listening and thinking, well, neither one of these clubs match the needs of mine, that's okay. The best part about bylaws is that you get to adapt them to your club's own needs. There is no one right way. Well, as long as it doesn't override the standard Rotary Club constitution, of course. Yes. These two clubs are kind of like a Venn diagram. They're united in the middle by the standard Rotary Club constitution, but their bylaws individualize them to their unique needs of their club and their members. Let's get back into the episode to learn more. Nice. Yeah, I think it's interesting. So like from our perspective on staff, right, um, we're always talking about like the standard Rotary Club constitution. So like as far as constitutional documents go with uh, with specific clubs, right, you have the standard Rotary Club constitution, which is the constitution for every single club um, all around the world. But there's parts of the standard Rotary Club constitution that do say can be amended in your club bylaws. And then you have club bylaws on top of the constitution. So one of the questions we always get, and Greg, I'm sure you can attest to this, is people say, well, I'm trying to update my constitution. We always say, well, you can't really update your constitution because the constitution is actually set. What you can do is update your bylaws. And so it's fascinating to hear um, how you guys have been able to go around or you know, getting your club together to actually update those bylaws. And like you said, whenever it's needed, it's something great to actually have um, to kind of work through as a club. And, and I like how you both talked about the, the ways that you did it and actually making sure that everyone had a voice. Um, did you ever feel like, did you ever get a complaints that after the bylaws were actually updated that somebody was unhappy or do you feel like everyone had input, um, and, and was able to express their concerns? I, I think in our case, you know, um, everyone was given the opportunity to provide input. I think a lot of members are just kind of willing to go along with whatever the, the two-person committee comes up with. And then, um, you know, once the final draft has been presented to take a look at that and see if it's okay. Um, I think in, in our case, what I had to remind the um, uh, our members who were preparing the bylaws, and it's what you alluded to, Nick, about how the standard Rotary Club constitution now has, um, you know, some, they allow for some exceptions, be it with meetings or membership or attendance. And so they were kind of a little bit surprised that now Rotary Clubs could vote to change or modify those parts of the standard Rotary Club constitution, as long as it's voted on and included in their, in their bylaws. And that was part of the also uh, what, what I was alluding to with regard to corporate membership. So in the membership area, you know, they could go in and change that. So. Yeah, you bring up a good point with the meetings and the frequency, Greg. Because our, our club was actually part of the meeting frequency pilot project way back many, many years ago. Um, and so we did experiment with different structures and frequencies of meetings. And that was one of the things that came out of that to, to actually say, you know, we're not meeting every Wednesday at this time, which is said in the bylaws, which we weren't doing um, anymore because we were part of the project. So that was a moment for us to kind of clean that up and um, word it in a way that is 
uh, allows for modifications without having to go through a bylaw change every single time you change a meeting day or time. Um, but in, in general, to answer your question, Nick, I think the, the, the I think the members were able to contribute. Um, like, you know, some people choose to, some people just like Greg was saying, they just go along. They just say like, yeah, that sounds good. Um, but at the same time, there's, you know, there's, it's, a, it's an ongoing conversation that there's always this thought of like, oh, maybe we should update this or update that. And, um, so there is definitely a, a, a constant open door to, for members to suggest something and say, this is what we should be working on as well. Yeah, and, and so we've talked a little bit about how the standard Rotary Club constitution has changed and, and allowed, Greg, you mentioned about allowed for some more flexibility, right? And Christian, you were saying, well, we don't have to meet every single Wednesday. And in my short time here and in staff with Rotary, I've seen this kind of like tiny shift where people want more flexibility, they want more flexibility, and then they get more flexibility and they say, well, tell us what to do. <laughs> right. And so you want it, but then you also want to be told how to use that flexibility. And I think having bylaws like specify, you know, like Greg, you talked about with the corporate memberships. Well, okay, well, here we have a flexible membership type. Well, let's use the bylaws to kind of specify how that works. Or, okay, we're not going to meet every single Wednesday here in our club bylaws. We're going to note how often we're going to meet and what it's going to look like. So that way, I feel like the club bylaws can really give your club some structure amidst all this flexibility. And, and it really helps clubs individualize who they are. You know, like you go to, it's not this, we're no longer in the case where if you go to Rotary Club in, in New York or you go to one in California, they're not going to be the same. They may not look the same. They may not do the same thing. It's not going to be the same wherever you go. It's all about like adapting to the community adapting to to the needs of each club and really promoting growth that you know a system that that's going to help grow your club has have you guys in either of your club situations seen any changes um, that has made a positive impact um, through the through like amending and updating your bylaws and then you've seen a positive impact whether it be growth or culture or positivity whatever it may be um, I think in my case, it, it remains to be seen now, once we approve these final bylaws, uh, the final version of the bylaws, um, because my club has been around since um, 1939. And so things kind of just go along uh, um, in their normal fashion, uh, week after week. Um, but I believe that uh, the aspect of flexibility, once again, um, has been well received, especially with the idea of, as I mentioned before, corporate membership. So I don't think my club is necessarily one that is uh, uh, on the cutting edge of change, but they're willing to accept change. And this is one case uh, where the flexibility regarding membership, I think has really helped because during this past COVID year, uh, if you will, um, we've actually increased membership and we're up to we were at 49, uh, well, maybe 53, I think, at the start of the year, and we're up to 65 right now. And part of that is with the corporate membership sort of uh, idea. And, of course, a large degree, as we know, is because we have a very active membership chair and a past president who are going out there and just asking people to join the Rotary Club. And since we've been meeting virtually, 
I think it's made it a little bit easier to, for people to say, yeah, I could, I could do that from, from my home base and I don't necessarily have to travel to the meeting. Um, so I think that's, that flexibility has helped. Yeah, and, and in our case, like I mentioned the meeting frequency beforehand and that, that was really um, a, a big boost for the, for the club because um, the club was very small. Um, when I joined, I think I, at that time I was I was not the seventh member overall, but I was the seventh person joined and became a member of that club at that time. So we were very very small, and um, the growth after that, after being able to space the meetings out a little bit more, uh, really exploded. Um, and we we pretty much um, we're, we're currently at forty two, um, which is you know been kind of the number we've been at for a couple of years now. Um, but that change really enabled to focus a lot more attention on getting members to join versus organizing meetings. Because if you're a small group you know, and all you're doing is preparing for a meeting and you know, preparing for the next meeting and the next meeting, that's pretty much taken up most of the energy of the club. So that was really a big change. And also I think in general, um, you know, we talked about this before, but just having this clear set of rules that's written down somewhere, you know, with somebody's having a discussion with somebody else, an argument about something, no, let's take a look at the bylaws, let's see what they say, and that can quickly resolve these conversations that do sometimes get a little out of control. <laughs> well, this has been really great information. Um, as we kind of close up uh, this episode, we'd love to hear from both of you, just uh, your your opinions or maybe one last little plug like if a club is looking maybe they haven't updated their bylaws in 10 years and they're looking to update their bylaws where's a good place to start how should what, what's your uh, recommendations i think mine quickly would be find someone who likes working with minutiae and detail and who is a good writer and find someone who's a good editor so those two people, one could go through it or both together, but they could have, you know, two sets of eyes looking at this and then to share frequently with the board and or the club before they come up with their final draft. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think that's very well said. Um, the, the attention to detail and the, the ability to um, cross-reference and, 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 and write generically, but specifically. I think that was one of the things that I've definitely learned through the process of being able to word something carefully and having multiple sets of eyes that you can cross check with and bounce things off of. I think that's, that's very vital, but um, yeah, you need a person who's willing to really own this. I think that's the key. Yeah, and my, and my uh, last recommendation I'll add on to that is just really talking with other clubs who have done it. You know, get get opinions from other people, see how they've done it and, and works, you know, adapt it to your club and the needs of your club and community. All right, everyone. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. I want to give a special thanks to Greg and Christian today for sharing their club experiences with us. If you have any questions or would like to follow up, please reach out to your CDS representative or email cds at rotary.org. Thanks again for listening. See you next month on All Things Rotary, a CDS podcast.